live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the pods moving in storage studios, this is The Ramsey Show, where America hangs out to have a conversation about your life and your money. I'm Ramsey personality George Campbell, joined today by my colleague and friend, Dr. John Deloney. And we are taking your calls this hour at 888-825-5225. Susan is kicking us off in Des Moines. Susan, welcome to The Ramsey Show. Hi, thanks hey. for taking my call. Happy to take it. What's going on? Hey, so I'm watching about the um, the current hurricane that's heading towards Florida. And yeah, I live in Iowa, so we get lots of tornadoes here. And I was thinking if um, something wiped out the power in this area, a, a big natural disaster, and I didn't have access to my emergency fund, how much cash should I have on hand just in case? Hmm. Interesting question. How much do you have in your emergency fund right now? I have over $1,000 right now. Okay. What baby step are you in? Have you been following the plan? I've been following the plan, yeah. So um, uh, I want to say like two and a half to three. (laughs) So you still have some debt? I do still have some debt, but I'm down to less than 15% of my overall available. Okay. How much debt do you have left? Um, I have about 15000 Okay. And then a thousand in the bank. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I mean, um, I'm a, not it, counting my mortgage in that 15. Sure. That's just, sure. That's your okay. consumer debt. Yeah. Okay. Well, you called the right show at the right time because I have the prepper himself, Dr. John Deloney. <laughs> this man has oh, enough great. deep freezers to last a century. Yeah. I'm more into, um, uh, food and things like that more than I'm cash. So, um, Hey, this is actually a, like I grew up in Houston. So very similar tornadoes and hurricanes all the time, just kind of a part of life. Um, mm-hmm. so I'm going to tell you what I think. and I'm going to tell you what my reality is. Is that cool? Yeah. Um, what I think is a small amount of cash that it, it which is that number is going to be relative to people. What I consider a small amount of cash and what Dave Ramsey considers a small amount of cash, very different numbers. Right. Um, but what would I what would I need to get me a couple of days if I needed to go stay in a hotel, if I need to leave town um, and drive a couple hours away and put gas in the car? Like very basic, if I need to go get some food and groceries and I didn't have access to A, B, or C. Um, it's balancing this. What could happen with, like what's probably going to happen, right? And as a the son of a homicide detective, I was raised to believe it could all come down at any moment because that was that was my dad's world. And so that's my natural bent. And I've had to train myself over the years to, it could, but it probably won't, right? It probably won't. So I have no problem if you have $1,000 in emergency fund that you keep 250, 500 bucks at home um, in okay. cash just as a, I can go get a hotel and I can drive somewhere and be somewhere for a couple hours. Or I could drive 24 hours and get out of here and go stay with a friend, right? That's what we're looking mm-hmm. for. Um, the idea that if the whole banking system goes down, the the cash is worth the paper it's printed on, right? So, right. Um, we tend to overdraw. We tend to pretend that the world, it, it, after some kind of crazy calamity, that the world would exist as it does. And I have a friend who's a banker, and he's like, "Dude, if the whole world goes down, you're going to be shooting your neighbor for water and barbecuing dog. Like, like the world as you know it is over, right? So it's not like my cash sure. is going to help." The, uh, here's the other side. Um, I am, I don't say I'm a prepper. I'm just someone who's prepared. <laughs> How about that? Sure. That's I'm literally a, a different verb. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I'm. But um, 
I live in the woods and I have a year's worth of meat on hand right now. Right. So I, some would call me a George would call me a prepper. I um, live in a neighborhood in a society. <laughs> it's a little different. It's exactly. Fine. But there is wisdom in what um, in what John said. But I don't have any cash in my house right now. I don't have five thousand dollars hidden at home. I have. I've done okay. that before. I don't have that right now. Um, I'm not super concerned about it. Okay. There's a All spectrum right. from like a tornado maybe coming versus like it's the apocalypse, which I've seen left behind. Very scary. <laughs> Anytime I see a pile of clothes, I'm nervous. I'm like, did I get, is this it? Is this is it, it happening? It's gone. That's but right. Susan, I think it's wise. If you have a thousand bucks right now in the bank, if you want to take out 500 of that in cash and put it in a fireproof safe, I think there's some wisdom. If that's going to help you sleep, cool. Yeah. But I also wouldn't okay, go over. Yeah. Once you're out of debt and you have fully funded. You guys yeah, once you get like 10000 in the bank, maybe you up it to 1000 in that safe to have in cash just in case. Even beyond a natural mm-hmm. disaster, sometimes you just need to have cash on hand. Uh, your bank accounts got locked up for some reason. And, and I, so, I, there's wisdom in that. During the uh, tornado that came through Nashville here, um, I don't know when the last time you were in like a an event where power went out for a couple of days or something like that, but I was stunned at how fast technology has shifted. People were able to buy things. I was able to buy something with my debit card on somebody's cell phone because they had one of those little plug-in things. It just, they, it, it went very, very quickly is what I'm saying. So the, I, like I grew up one time when Hurricane Alicia came through, we had nothing for like 10 days, like nothing. We cooked on a camp stove. It was the whole deal. Um, in some parts of the world that still happens, in some parts of our country that still happens, it's very, very rare. Mm-hmm. Do you feel okay, better, good. Susan? I do. I just, you know, like I've got my dry food and my water and blankets and whatever else. And I was just thinking, wow, I don't have any money. Am mm-hmm. I going to need to put some of that aside? So I wanted to know what your thoughts were on it. Well, in my great. life, the more cash I have at my house, the more money I spend on stuff that I really don't need. <laughs> that's, 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 it's a, it's it a self-control mechanism. But I, that's why I like keeping it in the fireproof safe. I'm not just going to sit in the wallet, John. That's how it disappears. But this is a real, John, regardless of what the reason is, natural disaster or something else, there's a lot of fear. Like I get messages probably at least once a week of someone going, but I was watching the news and what if, and what if this digital money and currency goes digital and I, I saw what if Biden and the IRS is going to start looking at our, and it just spirals out of control. On, right. And usually they don't say I'm looking at the news. I just say, hey, turn off the news. Turn it off. And they go, yeah, you're right. Turn it off. <laughs> Um, uh, I, I've told it on this show, but a buddy of mine who's um, he's a banking commissioner and he's he's just a, a brilliant mind when it comes to money. I was hammering him one time, just what about this and what about this, and I was in one of my anxiety spirals. And it's all coming down, and he finally said the magic words that was like a light switch for me. And he looked at me and said, "Hey, John, I don't have a meteorite plan." And I was like, "What's that supposed to mean?" And he goes. I'm going to put money in retirement. I'm going to put money in this in this program. I'm going to pay my house off. I don't owe anybody on cars because they're depreciating assets, and it's dumb to borrow money. On depre- he just he's just so so straightforward as a banker. And then he goes, and then if I get hit by a meteorite, I'm going to deal with that on that day because I'm just not going to waste. My-. And I was like, oh yeah. So if all the monetary system implodes and crashes, we have bigger issues. There'll be much bigger issues cash going on. on hand. That's exactly right. Um, that at that point, you know what's going to be your best bet, your best apocalypse bet. What's that? Have close relationships with your neighbors. Know your neighbors so that they don't look at you as an enemy. They look at you as somebody to do life with and to get through the next hurdle, the hurdles that y'all are gonna have to overcome together. Know your neighbors really, really well. That's mm. your best apocalyptic move. That's good. Not having a bunch of cryptocurrency. They're not gonna want that. The apocalypse is. They are. <laughs> the zombies cannot be bought. 
my neighbors Gary and Lon, they're not going to be doing much with Dogecoin. Nope. But, but I they can will give them bring some tomatoes from sugar. And my neighbor gave me some tomatoes from his garden the other day. Hashtag a lovely apocalypse. Lovely right there. moment. Now that we can do it. This is the Ramsey Show. It's crazy. The Ramsey Show has been around for 30 years. And to celebrate, we recorded a video panel with all of the Ramsey Show co-hosts in one room to take a look back at some of the unbelievable experiences we've had over the years, especially Dave, who has been there for all 30 of them. So in my favorite episode, we talk about the best and worst calls we've taken, and there have been some doozies. So we laugh at some old audio of Dave's thick southern drawl in those early years. You got to hear that. And we remember some of the most gut-wrenching, inspiring, and even bizarre moments on the show. And producer James uh, produced this panel, and you're going to love it. We brought in the actual calls and audio clips from all of those, and uh, definitely my favorite episode. We also talk about where we see the show going in the next 30 years. You can find all four of these special episodes on our YouTube channel, filled with stories from three decades of amazing people doing amazing things to change their lives and live like no one else. So go check out The Ramsey Show on YouTube and watch the 30th anniversary panel that dropped last week. Open phones this hour, 888-825-5225. I'm George Campbell, joined today by Dr. John Deloney. And Chad joins us up next in San Antonio. Chad, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Sure. How can we help? My, my question today is, I, I'm not having a disagreement at all with my wife, but I'm just thinking about this and wanted your thoughts on it. It's quite um, the disclaimer. I don't believe you. Go ahead. No, really. Um, she's wanting to buy a uh, investment property to use it as a rental on the coast. Why? I don't have a problem with that. Why? Uh, to invest money and get a little bit of now, it Where did where'd she hear about this? She saw it like an uh, Instagram video or a TikTok or something. We actually have a place down there already, a, a vacation home of our own, and it's a new development that's coming about. Okay. And it seems like a pretty good deal. But my question to you or your thoughts, I'm guessing, is they're, they're saying that we could finance with them, whatever, and they would lock us in, but if it, it won't go higher than 7%. So my question is, I'm not scared of an investment. I'm not scared of putting it in real estate, but do I put more money down? Do I walk away from it completely? I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts there. I'm not out of debt. I, I do owe money on my home, which I owe roughly 250 on my property, and it's worth north of a million. Other than that, I'm debt-free. So no consumer debt, just the mortgage on your personal? That is correct. Okay. Well, we would tell you to pay off your primary residence first and then pay for any investment property in cash. Okay. And that is super conservative and super not cool in today's culture. Because you know what that means? You're like, that's like six, ten years from now. Boring. Correct. I want the money now. The problem is you're going to go, you're going to be over a half million dollars in debt. How much is this new property? 
roughly 400 Do you owe on your other beach house? No, it's paid for. Okay. And how often are you going to this beach house? Uh, twice a month at least. Oh, nice. Do you rent it out in between, or is this just for you guys? Personal use only. Okay. Well, you got the paid-for rental house. What's that worth, or the vacation property? Um, 150 It's worth 150 Okay, and you owe 250 What's your income? Uh, combined, we're, this year is going to be probably three and a quarter. Way to go. Fantastic income. So the question is, making three and a quarter, how quickly could we pay off 250 and then save up another 400 Gotcha. So that's 650 You guys make 325 a year. How much of that can go towards these uh, these exciting dreams you have? Well, I've got I've got some I've, I got enough to pay off my home in the bank. Oh, and it's one of those scary things. I was listening to the last caller. He talked about doomsday preppers, and my <laughs> wife's like, "Well, I'd rather keep it in the bank where we know where it's at." How much money do you have in the bank? <laughs> Roughly three seventy. Why, Chad? Dude. Why? What are you doing, man? How should I invest it? You should pay your house off. That okay. the 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 you you have a tax every month. We can just call it your prepper tax, which is the APR on your home. Mm-hmm. You are pay you are paying every month to not pay your house off. Like in in a in a major event not owing anybody anything and being out of let's say covid hits again and everybody can't go to work for 70 or 60 days or 120 days or whatever and the country's broke it is and they can't just mail checks anymore the person who doesn't owe anybody anything is going to be better off than the person who suddenly can't make any payments is that fair yes so having $370,000 in the bank in your bank while you're paying somebody else interest on money they've that just it just clinically insane it doesn't make any it doesn't make any sense if you had twenty five thousand dollars in cash on top of your emergency fund just as, as an extra like oh man just in case i could go with you there i'm enough of a prepper to get that or you had twenty five thousand bucks under your mattress gotcha i'm with you on that but dude just pay your house off man. <laughs> pay your house off man and the the idea of having this rental house with a mortgage on it means your profits are going to be real slim which means you're better off making your 325 than you are making $1000 if you're lucky in profits on this rental house making 12 a year, right? Yes. So walk out this scenario with me. You have 370 in the bank. We pay off the house today. Mm-hmm. That leaves you with 120. Let's call 20 of that your emergency fund. That leaves you with 100, right? Yes. The the rental property you want is 400, which means you have a $300,000 gap. You make 325. Could you save $300,000 in less than two years making 325 with no payments in the world? Say yes. <laughs> yes. So now we're looking at this with a very different lens. You called in saying, I'm concerned about interest rates. Now we're not concerned about anything. And by the way, if you have, if we have 6 to 7% interest rates, which is what buying a house is right now, um, if you... And the house costs four hundred grand. If you show up to that scenario with three hundred seventy-five thousand dollars in cash and say I'll buy it right now, they'll sell it to you. And wealthy people with cash don't care about interest rates because it, it it doesn't apply to them. It applies to people who are who are having to work through a bank to make their day a little bit brighter. You see how you just opt out of the whole system this way? Yes. 
And that's how the wealthy hang on to their money because they have cash. When other people are having to scramble to and the, the market slows down because of interest rates, the wealthy can come in and buy stuff with cash at much cheaper prices. And that's how the wealthy get wealthier. All righty, guys. So well, it sounds you. like Do you're we a year and a half away from getting a rental house. Chad, did we just make you sad? No, it doesn't. Are you going to pay off your house today? Please say yes. That would be so cool. For a guy that hasn't paid off his house yet, do it for me, man. Do it for <laughs> John. It for I'm, not gonna do, I'm not going to do anything without talking to her. I know better than that. Ah, uh, very good. That was a trap. Very good. You passed the test. Well played. <laughs> pay your house off, man. This is a different conversation now for Chad. He gets to go to his wife and say, honey, we're going to get that rental house, but it's going to take a little while. Yes. Give us 18 months, and that means we're paying off the house today. That frees us up completely. We have 100000 in the bank still towards this house, and we make 325 We can put away 150 to 200 every year, which means we're going to have this money within the next 18 months. A lot. And we're not going to owe anything, which means every single dime that comes in is now profits. Yes. After our, expensive, or our, after our expenses. And that, to me, man, there's such freedom in that. It, I remember... Um and again, I don't buy into all of the investment strategies, but I remember a conversation with Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett, and they said, what's the number one strategy for invest? Like, what's the number one thing I could do for investing? And I think it was Charlie Munger that said, have $10 million in your checking account because you never know. And be able to be the first guy at the table with a check and say, I'll buy that right now. And you will get an extraordinary deal from somebody who needs to sell something. You'll give them a gift of getting rid of the thing. You'll get an incredible deal. And you don't have to go to a bank or raise money or whatever. Have $10 million in your checking account. I'm a long way. I've got $10 in my checking account. But this idea that, dude, interest rates don't apply to you if you're paying with cash. You don't have to worry about what the economy is doing. You just opt you've in and out. you a giant pile of money in the That's bank. right. That's a good problem to have. But Chad's done a great job, man. We are cheering you on. Excited for this rental house in the near future. This is The Ramsey Show. Show. I'm George Camel, joined today by Dr. John Deloney. Wanted to remind you guys that if you enjoy this show, please consider subscribing, leaving us five stars, leaving reviews, and sharing it with your friends. If this show has helped you in any way, we want it to help more people like you. That would be fantastic. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Jenny joins us up next in NYC. Jenny, welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Thank you for taking the call. Absolutely. How can John and I help? Okay. So we owe $117,000 in debt, mostly consumer debt. 20000 of those are to the IRS. We are already on payment plans with the IRS. That's the first thing we did when we found out we owe them money. We've made every stupid financial decision possible. We've made them. And um, Welcome to the club. I am ex- <laughs> I am expecting a child in two months. I am currently working remotely. I have one child in school and one with me while I work remotely and we can choose money. 
I thought we were living within our means. We thought we were doing everything we had to do until I noticed that all of our credit cards were maxing out. And I'm like, how is this possible? No, we can't do that. I did a detailed budget, and we had a $1,100 deficit on a monthly basis. And we've been doing that for the past almost year. That's um, how you go into 117000 in debt, yes. for sure. Yes, and not only that, we purchased a home. We bought the least expensive home that we can purchase in the New York City area, New Jersey area. And um, once you open one wall that you think, oh, this $5,000 that I have to save up will help us do this one wall. Once you open that one wall, you realize that you just, um, it was a money pit. And we've spent over $100,000 fixing. So that's where most of our consumer debt comes from. It's us putting stuff on the credit cards to fix the house. Because once one thing was fixed, 20 other things were broken. Mm. And then we have car issues. We don't have any car payments. Our car's really old and has been paid for. But like I said, everything else, it's um, a lot of consumer debt. Now, when we saw that, and I've been listening to you guys for the past three weeks, since we started our budget, I'm, I'm angry, I'm mad, I don't know what else to do. And I am every feeling in between to get me started and motivated to just do it. My husband has been able to pick up 12 extra hours and overtime at work. But just to commute to work, it costs us around $1,200 a month between tolls and gas. We are about two hours away from where we live. And taking public transportation is going to be a uh, six-hour commute, three oh. going and three coming back. What's he doing for work? So, um, he works at an airport in another in the other state. Mm. So he is um, he helps with the audit of um, the documents that are needed for the FAA. Though. Hey, Jenny, I'm going to ask you a hard question, okay? And I'm, yeah. I normally make jokes about this, and I'm not playing, okay? I'm being, yeah. I'm, I hear it in your voice, okay? You're a scared um, mm-hmm. mother of young kids with another one on the way, okay? I hear it in you. Um, there is something, and people can roll their eyes, and I get that, and it's worth rolling your eyes at. But if, you, if you're born and raised in Texas and you're born and raised in New York, there's an extra you can't leave, Right. Mm-hmm. Are, are you connected to New York? Yes. And, well, we have our employment who are very flexible with us. One, that's one of them. Checking one of it, we actually moved to the next state closer just because we couldn't afford living in New York anymore. No, I, I'm talking about cut ties completely and go oh, to no, another state where you can keep your income, your state income tax, where you can get some um, some breath in your life. You've created a life for yourself that your bodies cannot exist in. You cannot commute yeah. six hours a day and be parents and be married and be connected to one another. You just can't. You can't have that. You can't have run a deficit of eleven hundred dollars. Twelve hundred of that is just in taxes and in tolls and in gas commuting. You see what I'm saying? Like you've created a life that you can't exist in, and it may be that the Northeast isn't the place for you and your family right now. Is that an option for you? Cut ties Not with this house. Moment. You've lost your. You've lost it. It's fine. Can we go somewhere and start over? Because this isn't working, man. You're drowning. It is. We are. So um, we are drowning, and we made it to the point where we are now at a 700 surplus with the 
overtime that we're going to be doing. I know, but that's dropping. I know, hun, but that's yeah. temporary. Yeah, you're working overtime. You're commuting all over the place. Your mm-hmm. your cars are falling apart. Right? You see, there's so mm-hmm. much. These are band aids. Am I right? If I'm wrong, tell me. But it sounds like I'm right. You're right. The extra seven hundred, throwing at a hundred seventeen thousand, it is a never-ending battle at that point. And so we're trying to find any way you can drastically yeah. reduce expenses and increase or keep your income, and that might mean making some big sacrifices that you don't want to do right now. Yeah. Um, What's your you're, mortgage payment? Uh, Twenty-four hundred. What's your take-home pay? Clean after everything. It's uh, sixty-two hundred. If you are you is a house in sellable condition? Could you sell it and not lose your backside on it no, right I now? I won't be able to lose after everything we've invested in the house. We'll, we'll lose. Y- y'all would do okay. No, we would not. Oh, you would. We you, will lose. It would be a loss. Yes. Could you sell it? Um, take out what you've invested in it versus what you owe. Could you get out clean? What's it worth and what's left so. on the mortgage? Um, we gave a 20% down. The house is worth what we purchased it at right now, four sixty-five. dollars um, And what's your mortgage loan? The, we give 20% down, so whatever that was, 90 something thousand dollars Okay. That's all that has been paid on the house. We've invested over $120,000 in payment. So you and, get your 20% and, and back, but you're up. still in the hole because of all the six figures you invested into it. But yeah. that, that's called sunk cost fallacy. That's you may right. never get that money back. Yes. So that may yeah. be the biggest stupid tax you pay in your life. But the problem I'm mm-hmm. seeing right now is that 40% of your take-home pay is going towards the mortgage. Yes. And that's before so, the tolls and the gas and the kids. Yeah. And so right now you can't breathe. Mm-hmm. So this isn't a sustainable lifestyle to begin with, even with the extra $700 coming in. Okay, so... I, 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 this is really hard because it's one of those things that we're like severely, we're afraid of the unknown. I don't think we'll be able to make what we make now in another state. And we'll still have $117,000 in debt in another state. Who, it, and we won't be able to bring home what we're bringing now. I, and the way the Whoa, I wouldn't put that out mm-hmm. into the world. Um, you, you work remote, correct? Could you move out of New York? Um, they're doing me a favor because I am a high risk pregnancy, uh-huh. but now I'm required in the office. What do you make annually? I make $70,000. Doing what? I'm an HR analyst. You absolutely can make $70,000 outside of New York. And if you make $60,000 in the state of Tennessee, you keep a chunk of that money because there's no state income tax. Oh, wow. And you can make sixty thousand dollars being okay. a math teacher in the right school district. You see, so here's what I'm saying: I don't want you to limit yourself on fantasy, mm-hmm. on imagination, because y'all are in desperate need of data, mm-hmm. of facts. And your husband, what mm-hmm. does he do at the airport? He is a coordinator that helps with the air, aircraft records. Okay, I travel all over the country. So does George. We've been to a lot of airports. They need a lot of coordination across the, across the country. <laughs> Okay, and I bet he could coordinate all kinds of different things. Here's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Y'all have to get real about the fact that y'all have created a life for yourselves that is not sustainable. 
You cannot live in the life you've created. Whether that means move, whether that means different jobs, whether that means sell your house. And yes, you're going to eat the $100,000 you put into it. That stinks. But you can get out. Even, Steven, rent for a couple of years. Move to Kansas. Move to Texas. I don't care what you do. But I want you to imagine a life where you've got peace. And you got to build from there. Scripture of the day comes from Deuteronomy 31.6. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Switching gears, Jackie Chan once said, (laughs) Wow, what a pivot that was. He said, don't wait for the change of circumstances. You change the circumstances. That's a good one. In other news. That was... Just didn't expect it, Austin. Well done. George is the king, the king of the transition. A lot of wisdom in both of those quotes, timeless and modern. There we go. All right, open phones at 888-825-5225. Will's up next in Columbia, South Carolina. Will, welcome to the show. (laughs) Thanks, man. That was a a hard left turn. I I agreed. It's hard to follow the wisdom of Jackie Chan. We will do our best. What's up? What's up with you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was, I was calling, been a long-time listener. Um, I mean, I have kind of a unique thing, so I uh, had a great great job, um, bought a couple cars in cash, don't have any debt other than, than the house. Uh, change jobs, income's going down a little bit, will go up significantly over time, but um, I, mean, I just have been really frustrated by the amount of money that we've spent on the two cars that are in our driveway, I think just generally by uh, the amount of money we were spending, even though we weren't going into debt, we were saving. Just felt like we could have done a lot better job with the income that we've had the last several years. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to get some general advice on uh, the cars specifically, and, and you know, thoughts there on, on what to do. Um, Sell them. But just kind of in, in general. How many do you have? We've got two. Um, you only need nice one SUV for. Uh, no, we we need two. Sell them. So selling them, you're going to have to go buy two more cars, then, right? Right. So yeah, here's, does this a, here's solve a your problem. Like, I want to know what's your gut reaction when I say sell them. Like, is your thought? Uh, I know I need to sell. I know I need to sell one for sure, right? Like, we've got you know uh, probably eighty thousand dollars worth of car sitting in the driveway. What kind of car um, is between this? Between the two, it's two two cars. Between the two cars, what are the two cars? Um, uh, like a Volvo SUV um, and then a uh, an Audi that I made in a purchase several months ago after a car accident. But I'm hoping to get rid of today. So you, they're worth eighty combined. Yeah. What's your household income this year? What do you think it's going to be? Uh, yeah. So it, it'll be we're dropping from about four hundred to two hundred. Well, that's still a heck of an income. So parameter yeah. wise, ratio wise, you're still okay. You got two paid for cars. Are you just wanting to pay off the house and you want to expedite this? Um, What's giving you pause? No, this in the is cars? deeper. You you feel shame over this. What 
How did you violate your own conscience here? Yeah. um, What makes you think this was an unwise purchase based on your income and where you guys are at financially? Um, I don't know, man. I just like, I I look at it and just have the sense that we could have, could have saved a lot more than, than we did or could be in a better position than we are. Not that we're in a bad spot at all. So what's a better um, position in your mind? Uh, I mean, bigger, bigger number in the bank, probably. Um, Do you have a fully funded emergency uh, fund? Yeah. And you're investing 15% into retirement? Yeah. And you yeah. feel like you're on track? How old are you guys? 27. And how much do you have in retirement? Uh, probably about 200000 You're going to have like 5 or $10 million at retirement. So when yeah, you say I could man, be doing just, better, where is that coming from? I don't know what how you define better. Hey, <laughs> l- l- let me see if I can get at yeah. this. The other day, my six-year-old daughter was outside and she was painting a picture. Uh, we I went to like Michael's and got a bunch of these little miniature canvases and she was painting. And she was listening to her music and being demonstrative. I don't know where she gets that from, but she was waving her arms around and painting. And my wife said, hey, you're going to knock over the cup. And she kept moving around, moving around, and then she knocked it over, fell down. And I watched her for a minute, and she just froze and sat there. And the water ended up moving all over everything. And finally I said, hey, you've knocked over the water. You can't put it back in the cup. You can choose to get up and go get some towels so that it doesn't cause any more problems. And then she got up and ran to go get some towels. It was almost like I just got like snapping your fingers to get somebody out of there. They got stuck. And you're wasting a lot of energy and time and you're just waste you're just beating yourself up i don't and again i don't know why but the question is isn't we could have we should have cool you maybe you could have but right now it's happened and the only thing you can do is is sell the cars or make peace with the cars in your driveway as george said financially you're fine if they're haunting you then sell them man and then go about your day but but sitting in, we should have, we could have. It, it, you're just choosing to poison today with decisions you made yesterday. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And so I want to see, like, there's. Let me say this: this is not a situation that you can think your way out of. You're just gonna have to go do. Is that fair? Yeah, man. So, Will, what's left on the mortgage? Uh. About three fifty. Uh, we probably got two hundred and fifty in equity in it. Awesome. So even making two hundred k, you said your income dropped. How quickly do you think you'll pay off this mortgage? Three years. Yeah, I mean, I think we've had a longer, longer road. I think it's just trying to adjust up, when to just change and do things faster, man. I think we've gotten caught up in just like lifestyle. Dude, you're twenty seven and you sound sixty. You're doing so great. <laughs> Knock on any twenty-seven-year-old's yeah, yeah. door, and they'll be like, "You make how? You have what? You don't have any debt." There's people who are forty-five still paying off their student loans. And here's what we'll call it: we're going to call it your like. I don't like this is what Dave calls it, but it applies here. It's your stupid tax. Congratulations! You made a ton of money at twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-six. Way to go! You're changing. You're changing gears at twenty-seven. Awesome. 
you've learned, hey, moving forward as we build our, our business back up and our income goes from 200 back to 400 and then on to 800, um, we're going to spend our money differently. We're just not Audi people. We're Toyota 400 people and I'm, we're great with that. Um, and we're going to pay our house. You see what I'm saying? It's just about yeah. saying, yeah, yeah, we recognize that was dumb. We're going to do different next time. Can you do that? Yeah. No, it's super helpful. Yeah, yeah, man. No, I, I appreciate the hell. That's why we made the call. Uh, so I have to listen to this stuff. The general principles on YouTube for a long time, like probably get a kick in the butt. I can get it in person, right? You're a guy who has very high standards for himself, I'm guessing. You are super yeah. driven to be doing what you're doing, making what you're making at your age. And I think it can be easy for guys like you to beat themselves up at every single corner instead of just being grateful and being free with the contentment of, man, we are so blessed. We got a pile of money in the bank. We don't owe anyone anything. We drive amazing, beautiful cars. And remember and that time we did something stupid. And we have done some stupid things along the way. And we're just not going to do them again. Hey, do me a favor, Will. Stop talking so bad to Will. Would you commit to that? Yeah. Because you talk to Will in a way that if you heard somebody talking that way to a waitress in a restaurant, you'd get up and knock their teeth out of their head, wouldn't you? Uh, some close to it, yeah. Yeah. You don't suck. You're not a loser. You're not an idiot. You haven't bankrupt your family. You're not a terrible husband. You're not all these things that you say to yourself on a regular basis. I'm so stupid. It's so dumb. I can't believe it. Stop. 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 Treat Will with dignity and respect because Will deserves it. Will's doing a good job. Cool? Yeah, man. No, Deal? I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thank you for Deal. calling, brother. Appreciate it. Good stuff from Will. George, I've been down that rabbit hole, man. I make a mistake, do something dumb, and I just get paralyzed because I just beat myself up, man. Could have done better, John. Could have done better. This is Classic John. Classic John. <laughs> Way to go, Deloney. That's the one. Idiot. Yeah. Yeah. The and problem, at some point, you got to make peace with yourself and then go. Well, if you look in the rearview mirror long enough, you get a crick in your neck. Right. Go. So let's look in the windshield. It's a lot bigger for a reason. Go. Your That's future's right. bright, Will. We're proud of you, man. Way to go. That puts this hour of the Ramsey Show in the books. My thanks to Dr. John Deloney, all the folks in the booth, and you, America. Until next time, spend wisely, save intentionally, and give generously. Do you love a good Dave rant? Want to see the latest Ramsey Show videos going viral? Check out your favorite moments from the Ramsey Show on YouTube. Go watch and subscribe to the Ramsey Show channel on YouTube. Hey, if you're a fan of this podcast, we've got more where that came from. As you know, at Ramsey, we're always looking to protect our listeners from scummy companies, slick marketing, and money myths. I'm George Camel, host of The Fine Print, where I do the research for you to help you rise above the system that's designed to keep you broke and in debt so that you can become confident in your money choices. Check out The Fine Print wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, it's James, producer of The Ramsey Show. This episode is over, but check the episode notes for links to products and services you heard about during this episode. Thanks for listening.